Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Great to have you here on our podcast of the Clark Howard Show. And I want you to know that this is such a great opportunity to keep you up to date on late-breaking developments. And we have in the most recent federal stimulus law that was signed into effect just before the turn of the year, some things that are supposed to happen in a big, fat hurry. One of them is you getting the stimulus money, what we call stimulus checks, but for an overwhelming number of people, it's a direct deposit thing. And the stimulus money has gone lost in space for a lot, a lot of people. And the best estimate from Jackson Hewitt, one of the big tax prep firms, is somewhere between 13 million and 15 million people did not get their money that by law you're supposed to receive by January 15th. The IRS was given essentially for a government agency a nanosecond to get this money to people. Well, here's what happened. The IRS has incomplete records or outdated records for a lot of people's bank account information. So payments were sent in an amount somewhere well more than 10 million taxpayers, money was sent to debt accounts or invalid accounts. So that money kind of goes lost in space. Uh, I saw an item, uh, in, I forget where, it may have been USA Today, that the big tax prep firms, actually I don't remember the source, the big tax prep firms, H&R Block, TurboTax, Jackson Hewitt, are working with the IRS to try to help them re um, resend that money to proper accounts for people who've used those firms for tax prep. But the reality is most people who've not received that money will now get it as part of filing your 2020 tax return when you do so at some time this year. Uh, if you want to know where your money is, the IRS has a very simple tool you can use it's called the Get My Payment tool. It's the same tool that we talked about with the original stimulus payments that happened spring of 20. And so if you go to irs.gov, you'll see the Get My Payment tool. You'll be able to put in information, and hopefully you'll get accurate information back about your money and where it is residing right now. But otherwise, it'll be a better late than never thing where you will get the money as part of your income tax filing. Now, in a category that better late than never is really a lame thing to say, it involves people's unemployment insurance payments. The states have been overwhelmed for the last 10 months 
processing payments. It's led to various lawsuits around the country against state departments of labor who have not gotten the job done paying people. I mean, there are people who still haven't received the first penny of unemployment insurance who've been unemployed at some time since the pandemic kicked into gear in March of 20. And so this has continued to be a problem for people. But in terms of getting the new benefits that were in the new stimulus law, it's 300 bucks this time, not 600. And the benefit is a benefit that was delayed because of the dispute that went on with the president and the Congress on signing it. But it gives you extra weeks of this extra money, 11 weeks of money that'll run into March at $300 a week. Plus, there's an extension of general unemployment that will go on for up to 50 weeks. And in addition to that, the eligibility that normally would not be in place for people who work as self-employed, gig workers, that kind of stuff, uh, you also are covered, at least for now, under this new extension of unemployment insurance that was passed as part of what's known as the Pandemic Emergency Unemployment Compensation. So this is uh, good news and a bad situation as unemployment levels start to rise again. And with your state unemployment office, this has been an unprecedented situation. I know that many state residents, taxpayers, have felt completely let down by their states and the reality is the combination of people working remotely in state government and uh, state unemployment offices that were woefully understaffed because the economy had been so good in recent years that's what's created this train wreck for people who've had so much difficulty getting their unemployment insurance one thing that i've seen has worked around the country is complain to if a local TV station has any kind of on-your-side kind of reporter or anything like that, complain to them. It seems to shake money loose from state departments of labor that you haven't been able to get shaken loose in month after month. I have found that something that I recommended last year has not worked well, and that is contacting your elected officials, your state legislator or center state senator to try to get their help with state departments of labor i've gotten a lot of feedback that that was just one more frustrating dead end for people but it seems media pressure does help it's time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com ask and Krista, who do you have a question from? I've got a question from Sue in Ohio. She says, Clark, will you please give me some direction for honest life insurance policies? I've received so many scam letters that want you to give them information about your family. I trust your opinion. Just a few names of companies that you trust, please. Okay. Thank you very much for this question because the life insurance industry has always had shady characters in it, sadly. Uh, but there are many, many legitimate sources of real and good life insurance. Uh, the truth is, 
if you earn less than uh, the most elite income earners in the United States, you start getting to amounts of uh, four hundred, five hundred thousand a year. Most life insurance being peddled is a really bad choice. Only those rare people earning and rarefied air uh, should even consider buying traditional life insurance known as whole life. As far as variable universal life, most of the shady solicitations you receive are for various forms of universal or various uh, variable universal life. Those insurance policies are ripoffs. They are not scams, but they're close. They're garbage. And for almost all individuals buying life insurance, it's not so much the company that matters, it's the type. You want something known as level term insurance. Level term insurance is where you pick an amount of time you want to insure your life, uh, anywhere from typically 10 to 30 years. And you pay an extremely low premium. The policies are very simple. They only pay a benefit to your survivors in the event you die. There's no weirdo investing in them. There's no um, there's no savings accounts, anything like that. It is just death insurance to provide for your family. I have a simple guide that walks you through buying level term insurance at Clark.com. And again, I have some companies listed there that do instant issue using your medical history as a way to issue. And those companies, as the numbers of those keep increasing, have become a very popular option, especially with people who want nothing ever to do with an insurance salesperson. But there are also quotation services that will quote you a variety of level term insurance policies. Uh, I want you to buy from a company rated A double plus by AM Best, and those ratings are very easily available as you shop for quotes. Joel? Clark Tom in Alaska says, I recently learned that my personal information was used by a scammer to file a fraudulent unemployment claim yeah. in my name. I contacted the fraud division of my state's Department of Labor who terminated the claim and told me there's been an explosion in unemployment fraud since last spring. I'm concerned now that my personal information uh, used in that fraud may be used in another scam. I froze my credit three years ago and I just changed my passwords on my financial accounts. I added two-factor authentication on those because um, I hadn't been using that before. What other things should I do to protect myself? You're doing everything right. Uh, the thing is, the problem with the unemployment insurance uh, fake claims was something that happened because of what I was talking about earlier, the state labor departments being overwhelmed. And the fact that you have your credit frozen is essential and important, but it would not prevent somebody from pretending to be you filing for unemployment insurance. The good news is you shut that down cold, and it should mean there's no other issues or problems with your identity. One thing I would like you to do is temporarily thaw your credit files so you can set up a Credit Karma account where for free you'll be able to monitor your credit and you'll know if any funny stuff is going on, but you'll also be able to track your credit scores, a facsimile of them, for free from two of the three major credit bureaus. It's a very good free service, but you are doing everything right and don't worry. 
When we return on our podcast, we've got more of your questions straight ahead. And if you've got a question for me, just go to clark.com slash ask. 2020 had a lot of rotten, terrible things to it. And I think about in the holiday cards and New Year's cards and Christmas cards, we got how many people made reference to, isn't it great this lousy, crummy 2020 is almost past, you know, and 21, everybody's looking. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply forward to this year being so much better well one area that happened in 20 that was really really rotten terrible is all the crime spikes around the country I and mean, virtually any kind of crime you could think of got worse last year and there's a sense that a lot of people feel things are out of control on the crime front one area that i didn't even think about till I read a couple of end-of-year stories a couple of weeks ago, is car theft, vehicle theft, went through the roof in 20. And the reason is absolutely goofy. Vehicles now are being stolen in large numbers, not by professionals, that if you're familiar with chop shopping, where they steal a vehicle that the parts bring good money, they take them to a... a hidden location where the vehicle's taken apart and the parts are sold off to uh, various auto facilities and body shops and things like that for big money. No, now car theft is joyriding. And how are people getting cars? Because we're giving them an open invitation. And it's all apparently about the key fobs according to law enforcement around the United States. So what happens is people will absentmindedly, when they get in a vehicle, put their key fob in the center console. And since vehicles are pushed to start and stop now in most cases, we forget about those keys in the center console. And we get out of the vehicle and walk away. And apparently a lot of teenagers and 20-somethings Look at this as their lucky day. They just walk up to vehicles, pull at the handles. If the vehicle's open, they get in, they hit the push to start button, and if the vehicles start, they just go have fun. I saw in one story that the police refer to this as the Uber equivalent of car theft because they just take the vehicles on a joyride and then abandon them somewhere. And we're helping them do it. So, if you need your key fob to get in your vehicle, use it, then put it back in your pocket, guys, or women, in your purse. Don't set it down in the center console because then you're not going to absentmindedly forget it. And my wife gave another hint. She went to, um, well, gosh, I hope she's not mad at me for sharing this on the podcast. But anyway, she went to Target and got out of our van 
went into Target, got her stuff at customer pickup, went back to the van, and realized it was still running. The vehicle runs so quiet and idle, she had forgotten to hit the push to stop button, and the vehicle just ran open while she was unlocked, while she was in Target. And so somebody could have very easily gotten in the vehicle and driven away. And I know that vehicles, a lot of them are so quiet at idle now that you could easily do that. So you have to mentally set that reminder that you got to hit that push to stop and start button when you're done with your vehicle also. It's time for, oh, I hope I'm not in trouble with Lane. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. And Krista, is it your turn? It is. Stephen in Wisconsin says, I'm thinking about buying a condo to use as a short-term vacation rental through VRBO. Should I set up an LLC to purchase this as an investment? What are the advantages of doing that? Also, how can I verify previous rental income for the unit? On the um, issue of previous rental income for the unit, people will tell you what they want you to know and what you want to hear, but not necessarily what you really need to know, which is you need for disclosure of that part of a seller's tax return that shows income and expenses for the rental property for if they've owned it for a while, I think it's reasonable to ask for that page of a tax return the prior three years because you want to know does it really cash flow positive is it really going to generate good income for you back and and if a seller is offended or not willing to disclose then you're buying more on faith on the question of an llc if you pay cash for a property, it's easy to do an LLC, and it's a good idea, particularly with short-term renters, because with uh, VRBO, Airbnb, you have more risk that something will go wrong because of the cycle of having so many different tenants through a property. So I really like the LLCs as a way to own a vacation property. You should know, though, with any vacation property, you stand the risk that if you have a property inside any kind of homeowners association or anything like that, or because of local ordinance or laws, that your ability to do short-term rentals may be terminated, and you may only be permitted at some point to do long-term rentals. So the fundamentals of owning that property as an investment need to work long-term as well as short-term. If you can't make the numbers work on a long-term rental basis, it's a far more risky thing to buy a property just based on the economics of doing short-term rentals. Joel? Clark Julia in California says, my son signed a lease on an apartment uh, that's right by the university he attends just before COVID hit in February. The lease is for this academic year, August through July. Uh, This is seven hours from our home. And since March, his classes have all been remote. I asked and they would not consider letting us out of the lease or even considering a reduced price. He actually went ahead and moved in, but came home after a couple of months because there was just no reason to be there. Now we're stuck paying uh, $1,160 per month 
through July for a place that he isn't occupying and won't occupy. I searched the lease. There's no pandemic clause. And in fact, it says that you're obligated, even if you move away, disenroll from school, etc. The only way to get out of it, according to the lease, is to find a subletter that they approve, but there just isn't the demand now with school being remote. So uh, we're the guarantors on the lease and just don't want to pay. Uh, would they come after us anyway for payment if we didn't? Is there any way to get out of this lease? I'm not going to fib to you. This has happened to, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands or it could be in the millions of families around the country with college students who are in off-campus apartments that the colleges have gone online and as a result there is zero demand for those apartments because generally they were constructed either on university land or near it designed strictly or primarily for the student market and parents everywhere in America are stuck. There's no provision I'm aware of anywhere in the United States that would allow you to avoid paying that rent on that lease. If you stop paying, they will ruin your credit and they will get a judgment against you. As ridiculous as this is and as terrible as it is, you've got to pay that rent through the end of that lease in uh, this summer coming up and just know it was money that went down a rat hole. I wish I had a better answer. I know this same thing happened uh, at my daughter's university where they closed in March and they were overwhelmingly student housing where people lived in dorms. They closed the dorms for the fall semester and students were told to go rent off-campus housing and then right after people rented the school went all online again, and everybody who was a student at my daughter's university ended up in the same situation you did. It is rotten terrible. Krista? This is a fun one, Clark. Lynn in Washington says, I'm fortunate enough to have been married for 23 years and want to do something special for my spouse. She would really like to have a bigger diamond for her wedding band. When I look between holes, when I look at specific grade and size of diamond, I see a wide variety of prices and a big cost difference between wholesale and retail. What's the best way to spend the least amount of hard-earned cash and still get a good diamond? So, a uh, couple of things I'll suggest to you with traditional dug out of the earth diamonds, pawn shops and uh, second-hand purchase of diamonds is where it's at. That's where you get real value on a traditional dug-out-of-the-earth diamond. Now, that's a phrase you'll hear from me more and more because the diamond market is shifting very heavily to lab-created diamonds that are chemically identical and indistinguishable from dug-out-of-the-earth diamonds but sell for a fraction of the cost. And they are, uh, in many cases far more beautiful than traditional dug-out-of-the-earth diamonds. There are a lot of sellers of these. One of the ones, if you want to get reference points to look at, that's a very well-known and recognized seller of these is Clean Origin. And even De Beers has set up its own uh, alternative seller of these lab-created diamonds called Lightbox, I think is the name of it. Look at these compare the prices of these 
And all the lab-created diamond sellers that are legit give you typically 30 to 90 days to decide if you like the lab-created diamond. If you don't, you return it for a full unconditional refund. That's where the real savings are. And I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, you want to know more about how podcasting works, go to clark.com slash podcast.